Everything you've heard about the KISS years and the KISS stage shows and the spectacle is true. It's not a legend. We're going to show every new band how the big boys do it. This is better for me the second time than it was the first time because I'm focused and I'm in control and I'm in the greatest band in the world. It's really about a lifestyle and an attitude towards winning. But you're kind of like a spaceman. No, actually, I'm a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> to myself, look, Eric, you're going to do the best you can. You know you're good, you know the songs, and that's all you can do. So it is just like a great opportunity that, that just suddenly landed in my lap. And... This one's going to be exceptional. Now I'm in the best band. I was in some good bands, but now I'm in the best band. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Right Between the Eyes podcast, a KISS podcast with three generations of KISS fans telling you why we love it loud. I'm one of your hosts, Rob Myers, and welcome to episode 24. And this is part two of the KISS family tree. This is Freely's Comet, continuing with our Ace Freely double dose, dose, two, two aces, Ace Freely show. Before I introduce the Carusos, you can follow us on Twitter at RBTE podcast. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash right between the eyes podcast. We are on Instagram and you can email us at right between the eyes podcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on YouTube. And if you listen on iTunes, Apple podcasts, leave a five ace star review and we will read that on the show as well. Like I said, I'm Rob and with me are my two fearless leaders in our space rocket, the captain and the co-captain of the ship. Nick and Nico Caruso, respectively. How are you guys doing on this? I'm doing, doing great, man. Really, really excited to talk about this Freely's Comet LP. Really, really. I'm going to save my takes, though, for the... I thought you were going to say something longer. No. So I didn't think of something prepared. else to say. It's not that I'm not prepared. This is bad podcasting. I put, I put <laughs> Haven't you wrong, learned from Robin? I know that. I, I put the wrong amount of faith that you, you did put the wrong amount of faith. I put the wrong Love to, let, put, love to let you know. But I put the right amount of faith in how I was going to feel about this album. Good. We'll see shortly. Or you'll hear shortly. But Rob yeah. will see because we can see him. Yeah. But you no. can't see us. Unless I do a video preview clip. <laughs> Tommy Thayer. <laughs> well, Tommy Thayer was in black and blue at this time. So Ace had no reason to go. Uh, in about 20 years, you're going to get a guy that's going to yeah, get me coffee. Yeah, give me coffee. He's going to go on the tour. I'm not going on the tour. Now you, you put, copy my solos. You can put Tommy <laughs> Thayer in the makeup. I'm not going on the tour. Every show we're doing it. Yeah. No Hashtag uh, Nico's Ace. Nico's Ace. <laughs> so a little bit of history for Freely's Comet. So let's get into that right now. The information today comes from Wikipedia page and, of course, with a few embellishments by yours truly. And now, the Kiss family tree for Freely's Comet's self-titled album, Freely's Comet. Freely's Comet was an American rock band formed by ex-lead guitarist Ace Freely. The group released two studio albums and one live EP before Ace Freely left the band to release his 1989 solo album, Trouble Walking. The band was named as a pun for Bill Haley and the Comets that was a 1950s rock and roll band and derived its name from a pun of the typical mispronunciation of Haley's Comet, properly pronounced as Haley, rhymed with valet, as commonly mispronounced as Haley. 
a comet which orbits the sun near Earth about every 75 years. It also helped people pronounce Fraley's name properly to connect its common mispronunciation of Haley as Haley and as and Fraley versus the common mispronunciation of Freely. Before forming the band of his post-Kiss career, Fraley had previously done a solo album in 1978, which was the most successful of the four Kiss solo albums, and laid the groundwork for his solo career. Fraley left Kiss in 1982, but retained a one-quarter share in Kiss and could not release any solo projects until 1985 without losing that share. During that time, Ace put together a band for his solo work, and the original lineup consisted of Richie Scarlett on guitar, John Regan on bass, and Anton Figg on drums. The band toured together with keyboardist author Steed, and later Freely's friend from the Bronx, Rob Sabano, played live and demoed 20 songs in various sessions with producer Eddie Kramer. Tony Bon Jovi, I wonder if that's the same name, but spelled like the original Bon Jovi. Anyway, Chris Kemsley and Vinnie Poncia were also among some of the producers. However, before they made their initial record, Richie Scarlett and Sabano were replaced by Todd Howarth, who was playing guitar and keyboards, and just coming off the success with his band 707 with their mega-chart-topping hit Megaforce, which was also the title of the motion picture for 1982. A mutual friend of Todd Howarth, John Regan, had approached Todd and said he was working on a super-secret project and thought he might be the right guy for the job. Freely's Comet was supposed to simply be the title of Freely's next solo album, but Freely decided to use that as the name of the band, rather than just release a record as a solo artist. Anton Figg did not tour for the album, but was replaced by Billy Ward as the touring drummer. The reception for the album, Greg Prado of All Music wrote, Freely's Comet is just as good, perhaps even better than Kiss's albums of the same era like Asylum and Crazy Nights. But as a letdown when compared to the 1978 far superior Ace Freely album, because Ace was often swayed into replicating the then often flourishing keyboard suite in pop metal, which resigned supreme in 1987, instead of retaining his robust guitar filled heavy metal sound. Canadian journalist Martin Popoff judged previously the recording and described Freely's Comet as an extremely likable and hard rock metal album, well produced, big league but warm and varied. In 2016, Eddie Trunk stated that this album is one of those albums that changed his life for the Steam Rock website. The charting positions for Freely's Comet, in Australia, it reached position 100, Sweden, 17, in Canada, number 37, in the U.S., the Billboard 200 charts at number 43. On the mainstream rock charts for the single End of the Night, reached position number 27. The 35th anniversary, with the album being released on April 27, 1987. And this is our discussion of Freely's Comet. All right, like I said, the album was released on April 27, 1987. So this is going back a little bit for some of us recorded at Right Track Studios in New York City. And it was produced by the legendary Eddie Kramer, Ace Freely, and John Zalula, if I'm saying that correctly. This was something we kind of alluded to in the previous episode about, you know, were any of us following Freely's comment or Ace, any of the band members that left Kiss or joined previously? I was somebody that when I discovered Kiss in 89 with Hot in the Shade, I was trying to do my due diligence and find out where everybody was coming from. Was there something I could find 
that predated for Eric Carr or Bruce Kulik. You know, I was like, oh, he played with Michael Bolton. You know, of course, Gene and Paul had Wicked Lester. But with Ace being gone for, you know, a few years at this point, when I, my best friend Ben and I, it was this game of who could find a former member's album. And we'd always do like, dude, check this out. So we knew it was, it had to be a kiss something. So we had a basketball hoop up by my parents at my parents' house. And we'd have a tape player sitting there. We'd always be like, don't look, don't look. You're pulling the cassette tape out and hit play. You would listen to it for a little bit. And I remember he was the first one that found Vinnie Vincent invasion where I was like, Oh my God, what is that? I was the first one that found Freely's Comet. So playing the first song, we he was just like, What what it what is this? I'm like, just listen, just listen. And hearing that guitar, we were like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe we found, you know, something for from Ace Freely. So that was my connection to this and why I really wanted to do these type of segments. This was how I learned about the band and started. Even when the reunion happened and Eric Singer and Bruce Kulik went their separate ways, I continued to follow those guys mm. just like I did with Ace and Peter, but kind of in reverse found mm-hmm. up, well, were they still making music? Were they still active? And I bought the Ace Freely Live Plus Four VHS that came out around the uh, second sighting album, but that had the videos from Freely's Comet and the second sighting album. So this was a big album for me. Granted, this came out in 87. I didn't discover it till 89, but I played the heck out of this thing. So uh, before we get into the opening track of it, what were your, and Nico, I probably know where you're going to go with this, but Nick, what was your, I guess, introduction? What did you think of Freely's comment once Ace finally came back out and finally put something out? Yeah. So for me, like I, I did not know, I did not pay much attention to this when it came out at the time. At the reunion tour, Psycho Circus tour, Fell Water I really never the listened tour. to it until probably not that long ago when we started talking, I believe, at your suggestion. And, you know, all I can tell you is that I, I missed out on, on some really, really good stuff here. Hmm. This is a quality piece of work, this album. I was pleasantly surprised that there are some other vocals on it. Mm, I think the songwriting is top notch. The musicianship is, is excellent. I would go as far to say that it's as good as some of the kiss albums. I mean, I, I think it's better than some of the eighties albums. And I could argue that eh, there's some songs on here that they're going to stay with me, man. I mean, I, I was telling him before the show that, I've got about three or four tracks off this that are going to are going to nicely make my playlists and become a regular part of the rotation. So the great thing about this podcast, I continue to say, is that I'm finding new music and old music, but it's so fresh to me. And so, like, it's just cool. It's, I, I don't know what else to say. It's exciting. So this is the first time I've listened to Freely's Comment. I'm wow. I I don't really know I've heard any of these songs. Maybe Rock Soldiers was was coming mm. back to me a little bit because that is like a popular A song, I feel like, or amongst his fans, which I don't have that much exposure to to begin with. But man, what I'll say, and then we'll just get right into it. I'll I'll be short and sweet as uh this is an album I listened to for the first time, and I can confidently say it will not leave my it will not leave my cycle for a while it is here to stay for a while and that is so cool that i could say that 
Well, being the drummer, one of the drummers in the room, I love when an album starts off with the drums. Yeah. Mr. Anton Fig, will you please kick us off? All right, guys. Rock Soldiers. Let me give you a little bit of history of this. Rock Soldiers. Ace really wrote this with Chip Taylor, among other hits that Chip Taylor had penned. Wild Thing and the Angel of the Morning freely explained American Songwriter Magazine in March 1988. The collaboration Chip wrote most of the lyrics and I wrote most of the music because I've known Chip for over the years. I was aware of an incident that went down the summer of 83 when he had a car accident and thought this would make a great idea surrounding the song. I always contributed to Ace having the car accident for all all these years and not realizing it was a chip Taylor. So I can remember when I put the tape in for the first time on the way home from Meyer, it was a store around us. I think you guys may have Meyer in the Chicago area. Oh yeah. I bought it there and put it in my car right away. And I remember the days before cell phone, before I could call or text Ben, like I thought I was probably driving way too fast going home hearing us back in the summer of 83. I remember it well, slipping and sliding, you know, all of that stuff going, I'm going to have a car accident trying to get home. Cause I can't wait to play this for, for Ben, but then eventually seeing the video for this song. I just, I love a song. It's a great way to start it. One of the first bands that I ever played in, we played this song. So it was really cool to learn Anton's drum opening for it, but uh, I'm anxious to hear what you guys think of rock soldiers let's start with nick on this one yeah i mean i i agree with you i that's a great story because i didn't know that i thought it was kind of an autobiographical uh song of ace i really did i thought it was his experience this song to me having listened to it about 10 times this week it kind of defines ace for me it's almost like i would say like a signature song for him and I love his little aces back and he told you so. That's I mean, the coolest I it's, it's, thing, you know, like of all time. And it, it would be real easy to to take that lyric and be like, oh my God, it's so cheesier. But it just fits. No, it I works. The, the backbeat, we got Mr. Late Night himself, Mr. Yeah. Anthony Big, who notoriously played on a lot of Kiss albums, right? Didn't he right. play on the last few he albums? Played, yeah, he played on Unmasked, Dynasty. Dynasty, and- right? Creatures? Uh, was he creatures? No, not creatures. That was Eric, but he okay. played on all the Alive Two tracks. The Alive Two tracks, gotcha. Yeah. So, um, studio. I, yeah, I dig this song. It's it's Ace. Is it's the spoken word of Ace. Is he kind of speaks his his lyrics there? Like mm-hmm. I said, I I feel like the song fits him to a T. I think it's a a signature song for Ace Freely that I would imagine. Whenever he plays, he plays the song. I think it, it's one of those things that sticks with him. Love it. I'm there. I'm a rock soldier, man. I, I dig this song a lot. It's a great way to start the album. Man, it just works for me. I love it. Listen, sir. Yes, sir. I'm giving him a salute because I'm a soldier after listening to this song, man. It is. You kind of took uh, some words I was going to say, but I'm glad you did. This is like. This is like a definitive A song. It is unapologetically Ace Freely from the from the lyrics about the DeLorean, like creating yeah, that whole like yeah. chase sort of story yeah. in it. It's 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 very theatrical in the lyrical content, but I love that from it. And I love the Ace's back part. It's so in your face. It's so cool. And I think he deserves to say that. Yeah. After the way things went at the end of the band, there. That's no disrespect to Kiss, but he came back and he came back with a full throttle, man. 
to kind of play on the car chase thing. Like, wow, is this song? It, I could argue like, is this, this to me, isn't even a top song on the album, but that's not a bad thing. It just sets the tone for the Ace Freely show. And the thing about Ace is he has always been as Ace Freely, a larger than life character, not just as the spaceman, quite literally as himself. As himself. And this is a really cool character song. Yes. Ace Freely song for him. So, and those drums are dope at the beginning. The guitar is cool. What a song to kick you off. And even if you never go back to it again, you know Ace is back and he told you so. <laughs> and that's all you need to know about the next nine songs is that he's back and he told you so. So well, well done, Spaceman, with this opening, man. So let's get into the next track, which I swear this is a Bugs Bunny Looney Tunes opening at the beginning. Let's do a little breakout. It was co-written by Kiss drummer Eric Carr around the music from the Elder Session. So the song, however, was not used on the record and was later released by Kiss on the Revenge album with the title Car Jam 1981. The instrumental part of the song was written by Freely and Carr. However, the lyrics were written by Richie Scarlett, who was originally in Freely's Comet, left, and we get Todd Howarth on lead vocals for this. As one of his vocal performances on the album, Ace shows before he left around 1985, Scarlett confirms in his book, Partners in Crime, as stating that the only lyrical contribution to Breakout was the line, the food here sucks and I'm not about to wait. I love that line. The band recorded the demo with Richie Scarlett on lead vocals and Freely shared the lead guitar solo with Scarlett. On the Freely's Comet record, the vocal performances were done by Todd Howarth and the guitar solo was handled by Ace Freely. Whenever Ace performs a song live, he dedicates the song to Eric Carr. So like Mm. I said, this song was written by... Ace Freely, Eric Carr, and Richie Scarlett, sung by lead vocal Todd Howarth. So what do you guys think of Breakout and hearing somebody other than Ace for track two? Well, first of all, your story makes me love the song better with Eric Carr. I didn't really know all that. When I first heard the song, I was like, boy, Ace has got some strong chops here. (laughs) I immediately went to the internet to look it up because I kind of realized it wasn't ace. Yeah. Who, who is Todd Howarth? Can you, can you give us a little? Yes. So Todd Howarth will come up a little bit later. He was in a band called uh 707. He okay. is the touring keyboardist for cheap trick. So oh. he has played a cheap trick. He has a couple other uh, writing, but never led a band as a vocalist, anything noteworthy. Wow, he no, could. he could solo album. He, yeah. Just his own solo stuff. Ace freely. And then was on the 707 discography, Megaforce, which was okay. the soundtrack for the 1982 Megaforce album. I'll get into that for calling on you in just a little bit. But Beautiful. other than his own band or his own solo stuff, he's only ever been in Freely's Comet. And then, like I said, the touring keyboardist for Cheap Trick. Breakout is so good that it broke into my list. It's so good. I love it. It's so hard. Melodic. This guy's got some pipes, man. As a matter of fact, when he kind of gets into the chorus, I, I, I feel like I hear a little Paul, mm-hmm. a little Paul Stanley, a little similar kind of tone there. I could gush about this, Nick. I, we were talking about it. How good is this song? It's this great. song absolutely bangs. And that's it all slaps. you need to know. It slaps. Thank you for using my word <laughs> yeah. slap. Yeah. This song slaps like a few other ones on this album. I really like it. It's badass. 
It's fast. You know me. I always prefer the fast songs to the slow ones, to ballads, et cetera. And it's a hell of a song to follow after Rock Soldier. And I and Mr. Todd, a recurring theme, as you'll see in the next couple of songs or later on in the album, I really like his vocals. And I was also surprised. I just assumed Ace was on the whole thing. I did not know this. Mm. So this was a pleasant surprise and a pretty memorable surprise because like just now when you said when you asked if he's let a band i said well he could yeah, yeah I she did so i could go check out so, more real go to, quick go to spotify and check out todd, spotify, when just go todd okay oh my so gosh. here's i do not know the the history of ace touring so is this a song that he does does he do this live who sings it when he's doing it live todd sings it now at a certain point when Freely's Comet disbands, they do yeah. two albums, this one, second sighting. Then the, he drops the Freely's Comet moniker and goes just by Ace Freely. Richie Scarlet comes back in. I think that was a push from the record company. Like when we get to second sighting, that album is very Todd Howarth heavy. Mm-hmm. I think the record company was like, hey, it's your name on the label. You should have more songs. So I think they kind of part ways. Todd goes in to do his own solo stuff, and it is. I'm going to use Nico's word. It slaps his wow. solo stuff. So okay, so I got to check out Todd Howard. Check man. that out, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, and nothing against Ace. I love Ace's solo stuff, but I really miss Todd. End of the Night was a minor hit for Freely, reaching number 27 on Billboard's mainstream rock charts in 1987. The song was originally recorded by Russ Ballard. So, if you know your Ace Freely history here, Ace has recorded. Another Russ Ballard song being New York Groove. So they went back to the well and said, hey, we had a hit with New York Groove. Let's do this here. So it was on Russ Ballard's 1984 album titled Russ Ballard, who also composed Freely's top 20 single hit New York Groove. But like I said, so this was the first Ace Freely solo video that I saw. And we have two songs that start off very strong. I forgot to mention and break out the fantabulous drum solo that that's in that song beautiful and then this one is just a nice mid-tempo ballad but just tells this beautiful story about you know people being on the streets you know your your street walkers your people that are down on their luck and you know almost like the hopeful nature that the night could bring to some of these people if they can just make it make it through the night so i always dug this and the song has a nice nice little build and the backing vocals are so cool in this one so what'd you guys think of into the night dude it's a song that like i i probably heard it before and i don't know if i heard the russ ballad version or the ace version but from the minute i heard it and listened through it it's so timeless it's excellent it's a great tune it fits ace perfectly with his vocal style mm-hmm. the rhythm of it the tone of it is is freaking great it's a song that like I'm such a weirdo because it's one of those things where I'm like, how was this not like a bigger hit? It's just a really good song that, again, following the the song we just talked about, the first one, um, Breakout, this is another song that will comfortably go into a playlist for me and I will continue to listen on and never turn it off when it comes on. It's just, I mean, wow. I mean, it's it's exciting to discover 
old new music. It's great. What I'll say is I'm glad you mentioned it was a minor hit because one thing we said when we were playing it is like, wow, it should have been. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad it. I'm 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 glad to find out it it charted even where it did because this does have the makings for a rock hit at that time. Um, it was it was really really good. I do like Ace's vocals on here a mm-hmm. lot. It's um. It's got a charm to it. It's got mm-hmm. a charisma to it. It's, it's it's hard to explain why, but this is one where you go, okay, that's the hit. You know, that's the yeah. one you hear on the radio. That's the one people are going to be singing in the mainstream. And so, yeah, Into the Night. I'm into Into the Night. I think this is Ace's best vocally sung song on the album. And I'm going to dare to say this may be his ve- best, best vocal performance ever like he delivering really it's strong vocals take. on this one it's not a bad take i can't disagree with you man i i'm right with you man i don't want to spoil it but this is my favorite track Ooh. off the album number four if you're george costanza on the on the table and that guy's getting ready to give you a massage he's telling jerry <laughs> what's with you a, uh, yes, a, a man gave me, yes, a man gave you, a man gave me a massage. <laughs> so? So he had his hands and, uh, he was, uh, he was what? He, he was, uh. Touching and rubbing. <laughs> That's a massage. And then I took my pants off. You took your pants off? For my hamstring. Oh. He got about uh, two inches from there. Really? I think it moved. Move? It may have moved. I don't know. I'm sure it didn't move. It moved. It was imperceptible, but I felt it. Maybe just wanted to change positions, you know. Shift to the other side. Oh, no. It wasn't a shift. I've shifted. This was a move. Okay, so what if it moved? That's the sign. The test if a a man makes it move. That's not the test. Contact is the test. If it moves as a result of contact. Do you think it's contact? It has to be touched. That's what a gym teacher once told me. <laughs> Something moved. Something moved, man. <laughs> Written by Todd Howarth and sung by Todd Howarth. Something moved. This song is burned into my brain, not only from this cassette, but when I found the Live Plus Four VHS, they performed this song live. And just as good as Todd sings the song here on the album, he sings it even better live and you can find a live plus one album on spotify from ace freely and they do this song live and is this on there yes it is oh my god i'm going to get killer live so this song it's either this or a one that'll be coming up don't you say mine for later you son of a (laughs) that is by far i'm not going to say by far because right now as we get into the fourth track Mm. this album is delivering to me like a classic album in in my collection that's how much i love this song mm-hmm. 
And this, this Todd, this gentleman here again, I, what a vocal talent he is. The, um, the guitar on here is fantastic. The chorus is great. This is a bona fide, excellent rock and roll song that I probably played this in one we'll talk about upcoming. I won't steal Nick's Thunder, but more than anything, I love this song, man. I love this song. I'm glad you said it's your favorite, Ron. It moved me. Oh, something yeah. did move. Because this. Something did move. Hell yeah. This, but I was not on the. What moved? The table. Was not on the table. If you. That could be interpreted so many ways. I understand. I something moved. I'll tell you what moved. Uh, um, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you said that it was your favorite because mm. this rivals my favorite. And my dad and I do a line on a couple songs on here for being the best. This was my favorite until a song later comes on. But here's what I'll say. The first four songs in this album are about as good of a first four songs as you can have. I mean, yeah. it really I mean, is. I'm being serious. And this I'm is not hyperbole because no, we're doing not. a show. Yeah. No, 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 like, no. Yeah. Like even rivaling Kiss albums, you know, and I and I don't mean to be sacrilegious against our, our main guys, but no, I you know, this is this is that good. It and and it a lot of it has to do with Todd. I mean, with Todd Howard there. Yeah. I mean, I, I give Ace credit. And what I'll tell you is this, like this song i was like viciously headbanging to in the car and that's all you need to know and that's all i need to say about it i i oh i mean the, paul the, and gene got to be like what the f man yeah like the, we can't do an album but also through four songs and this this might be like my my hot take for the show this is supported later like so i'm gonna say this again when we finish it but through four songs like his guitar play we just had a show where we talked about how he is so memorable and iconic when it comes to his playing for the Kiss songs. It's almost like his guitars are, he's almost better on here. Now I'm going to pull the wool, the rug out from underneath you. Todd Howarth is also an excellent. Is he playing too? Okay. Player. So maybe it's so the both of them together. On, okay. On that's a lot of Todd's vocal songs, Todd is the primary lead player on his okay thank you for sharing that so if if i had it to break down i could tell you just from watching the video like okay the first part of the solo is todd second part is ace like once you can hear the tonality into it you can you can figure out who it is but i will agree with what you're saying ace is playing on this whole album is very inspired like i didn't hear that level yeah. of playing with no. kiss and that's not knocking what he did to kiss oh it's we, we love it but there's he doesn't have gene and paul to pull him back and go well well hey this is ace's thing he's now doing ace it's a clear evolution of him as a guitar player yes and a musician which which through four is already but even on ones he's not singing on it's it's just apparent for me it was apparent but that's also cool to know that todd's a stellar guitar player because that all oh. That yeah. also makes some of these songs and my respect for the man. Holy crap, Hi, I'm cheating here. But on this plus one, you got breakout and something. Yeah. And rocket ride. And rocket ride, dude. Yeah. And I didn't open, know that. open with rip it out. And oh my then God. there's a studio track. Uh I words are not that. enough. Words are not which is a I won't track. have to save that. We'll probably have to talk about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, what Ace has been trying to tell us, we got your rock. <laughs> right here we got your rock right here was originally written in 1983 
with Marty Coopersmith, if I'm saying that right, of Jay and the Americans, a band that uh, ties Paul Stanley's early band, Uncle Joe, via drummer Neil Tiemann, if I'm saying that correctly. The follow-up to a follow-up to Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, I Love Rock and Roll. It was previously recorded in 1985 by ex-Steeler bassist Rick Fox for his band Sin. The Sin demo can be heard on uh, Kiss Conversations and produced by Dana Strum, who would be later play bass guitar for Vinnie Vincent Invasion, whose post-Vinnie Vincent Invasion band Slaughter opened up for Kiss and Hot in the Shade Tour that features, here we go, featuring future Kiss guitarist Tommy Thayer on background oh, vocals. So this song was written by Freely and Marty Coopersmith. So there's, you know, the history five degrees, you know, of separation yeah. of Tommy Thayer for you. We got your so- rock right here. So I like it. I'm glad they got it rock, but I, I don't want, we're going to sound the same. I want you, you were the one that came up when we were talking. So I'm going to let you He's take giving the me my respect. This, this is where the Nico ear, the Nico ear comes into play here. And some would argue that's just an eighties ear you have, and you can apply it to every single eighties song. Sure. sure. This to me, it's not a bad song. I'm not saying it's a bad song. I enjoy it. I did enjoy it a lot. I did think it was really fun and fun for me in a song. You get bonus points as always. This to me, though, I was listening to, and maybe this is, maybe I'm secretly like cynical when it comes to music, <laughs> but I was listening to this and I'm like, okay, this is the Def Leppard song. <laughs> His vocals sound like Joe Elliott's, mm. like the talking, talking and the verse and something, something's into something. So, and then, the, you know, we got your rock. Right now, the way the chorus comes in, I'm like, oh, it's yeah. Phil Count. Like it's, it's, it's not bad, but to me, I couldn't shake like, and the way it builds to the chorus too, feels like the melodic nature of when all the other guys come in on Leopard. It's not, it's not a diss. Maybe it's because we just did literally two shows about Def Leopard. Sounded a little Def Leopard inspired to me, which is not a bad thing. It's cool. It's the ultimate respect move, right? But it felt a little leopard to me. It felt a little leopard to me. And I and I think that you know those first four are just so good. It you're on such a roll that yeah. this song is that I, I guess he's going for like a little bit of an anthem here, a little bit of a statement song, and another song to identify Ace. But I feel like Rock Soldiers does it much better. And I feel like this is almost like the little brother of a song we just heard. In okay. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit for me. So I'm in the same boat as Nico. I like it though. I'm going to continue to listen to it, but it's the first like pause for me in the album where I'm kind of like, this is pretty good, but I, it's not as good as the preceding four tracks I just listened to. So I was just looking while you guys were talking. So this album came out on April 27th, 1987. So I don't know if there's a real way for them to do this, that in August 3rd of 87, Hysteria is released. Mm-hmm. So the comic comes out first before Hysteria would, but there was stuff like that on Hysteria or on, um, pyromania so wait a second rob freaking leopard copy copy really they just did a better version <laughs> yeah they just, they just did, did a better, way better way better yeah, yeah yeah so i could i couldn't remember which came first even if it was in the same year they both would have been writing at the same time oh. and ace had been writing this album 
since 1983. Oh, he was working on it. I know that. He's been working working on it for a very long time. Yep, yep. So... So at this what, what point, what do you think? Did you do we get your oh, take? On it? No, I, I I missed it. Just being the MC, I was going to go Please. right to the next song. I, so I, I, I dug this song. Like the beginning of it, I think starts a little little slow for me. But when you get into the chorus, it really starts to pull me in. And I think this really rounds out side one of the album. Back in the album days of going, I just got five. I got four great tunes, and I got a fifth one that's pretty darn good but i'm very pleased with this first part of the album that i'm like man i can't wait to get side two i was listening to this album again today at work and i actually played we got your rock here twice because i had got stopped to go do something else so i thought well i want to start the song over and i i was singing through it the the whole way through so i really dig this song if you had to say well rock soldiers are this clearly rock soldiers Mm -hmm. is going to be is the better version of kind of the same song but it's ace learned that anthemic type of a thing like hey we there's no reason why we can't have two anthems on the song i think it it delivers it may miss slightly but i'm very happy with uh, songs one through five before we pick the record up and flip it over and then we just have to figure out does ace love me right was written by ace freely and ira schickman uh, lead vocals by ace freely so this was one where i went all right it's not a bad track i like it it's it's got a cool groove again the musicianship with john regan on bass anton and todd I mean, todd really holds the chorus together not that ace ace isn't doing well he does really good but this is kind of kind of mediocre it's i don't think the album starts very strong i think when we get to the next song i would rather it have started side two yeah. back yeah. in the day but we'll get to that song when we yeah. get there so love me right is okay he doesn't love me quite right he loves me okay i don't <laughs> i don't hate the song but it's it's not a good start to the album or the the second side I love your take on that. I completely agree with you, but I actually like the song better than you do because it is different. I dig the groove. It's unlike anything we've heard on the first side. Very true. And I kind of like his vocal style on it. I agree with you. It's not great, but for me, I always like it because I'm like, at least it's not another anthem. It's not the rock soldier meets the last track. So I like it. I think it's good. it's, It's a song that, Am I going to like repeat it? No, but it works a little better for me, I think, than rap for rap. And I'm a bit of both of you guys. I I respect how it's different, like you said, Dad, and I do respect what he went for vocally. There, there is at least in these first set of songs for him. I, I do really appreciate what he tried to do vocally. I think he nails most of it. Rob, I agree. I like the musicianship. I love that word you brought up because the music it is, yeah, in it, yeah, the, the, the production of the yeah. song is good. For me, where I'm in the middle, you both is like, I, I I don't dislike it, but I will agree with Rob. It is like the first, the last song was like, I, I said it was kind of Def Leppard heavy, but I still like it. This was the first song where I went, meh, yeah. meh, it kind of brought me not down, but I said, okay, this is the one where I go, oh, all right, here's, here's the one on the album that finally didn't hit me. Mm as hard as the previous ones 
then I look at it and go, but I really appreciate what he did with it. So I'm a little bit of both. I'm in yeah, the middle I like of the y'all. bluesy part of it. I think I'm it's kind of cool. That is cool. Yeah, yeah. That is a cool difference. I'm like the mm-hmm. burger for y'all. Y'all two are the buns. I'm the sauce go. and the patty. I got you. Yeah, on the yeah. inside. I hear you. I'm a blend of both. You're a blend of both. I got you. Let's get back to a little Mr. Todd Howarth and calling to you as a rewrite of a song called Megaforce, originally recorded by the band 707 in 1982. Todd Howarth had been the principal member and songwriter of 707 and likely brought the song with him when he joined Freely's Comet. Originally recorded as a theme song to the motion picture Megaforce, the song had been 707's biggest chart achievement, reaching number 12 on the Billboard rock charts. The Calling to You version by Freely's Comet features altered lyrics with Jonathan Kane, if you know who Jonathan Kane's band oh, yeah, is, Bernie, with a writing right. credit removed and added Ace Freely instead. So Jonathan Kane had writing credit. Ace went, no, we're not going to put Jonathan Kane on there. I'm going to put my <laughs> name on there. The Freely's Comet album was released on John, or was released on John Zula's Megaforce Records. So like I said, Calling to You, written by Ace Freely, Todd Howarth, Kevin Russell and Jim McCarthy and Jonathan Kane, but Ace took Kane's name off. So calling to you, start with Nico on this one. Dude, this is my favorite song in the album. I think it's the best dude. song on the album. That's all I'm going to say. This song slaps. segment where an alarm dude, goes off. Dude, I have, I have bruises because this song smacked. I really don't know what I'm doing. Out of me so hard. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not sure if we're allowed to swear on this show. I keep forgetting. If so, you could like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You could bleep that out with some ace quote. I love this song so much. And please, if there is a live version, somebody point me in that direction so I could give it the proper worship and pamper and care it deserves. And I'm going to go take some ibuprofen to heal from the rock thrashing it gave me. Because it is, and I and I haven't done this yet. It is elite from the opening note. The guitars are it, so sexy. It just it is so it tight. Just delivers. It's so tight. I'm a better. I'm a better person <laughs> for, for having for having. Everybody in this room is a better person for having all of the points yeah. and God it, bless your soul. It, yeah, it's the complete opposite of, of is that happy Gilmore? Is that, yeah. No, that, yeah. Not listen, you know what? I mean, if if something moved and breakout were like fighting on side one for track of the album, this song just moves past them. To another level, this is a incredible rock and roll song. It is very melodic. It moves. It just makes me feel good. It, it It's one of those songs that is so pleasant to listen to and very uplifting that I'm, again, I, I don't mean to say this. I'm, I'm very happy that I, I, I probably heard it before, but rediscovering it, it looks like he's got a live version there that he'll... Uh, I love you yeah, so. Yeah. Oh, I'm jealous. He saw it. Yeah. Oh, he saw it. I, I was searching yeah. for one as we speak, and I could Rob will find one. Don't worry. Oh, find this is a killer. This is a killer track, Rob. This is <laughs> this is by far, like I said, the the MVP. I'm I'm you know again. This is making a playlist. It'll be on there for me, and I will never turn the song off when it comes. Some out. would say it's the ace. <laughs> 
<laughs> Are you all right? I wanted that for dramatic effect. There you go. It's fantastic. I mean, you had to love this like back in the day. Like, I wish I knew this. Song I wish back I knew this. I, yeah. I, I feel like ago. I missed out on 35 years of uh, of this song, to be honest with you. It's, and that's why it's so exciting. This this old new music to me is like so fresh. It's just unbelievable. I wish you play this for me when I was in the crib. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would have been a better man for you it. You would have been better. Yeah. <laughs> You want to have a fun time? Check out the uh, 707 version of it. We will. It, oh, it's it's Todd's. It's it's for the theme song for like the the Mega Force. A little bit of different lyrics, like it like it said there, but still. What is the Mega Force? It was a movie. What is that? <laughs> it, if you like cheesy 80s sci-fi movie. <laughs> the director who brought you Smokey and the Bandit, Hooper, Cannonball Run, comes the ultimate spectacle. Megaforce, an elite compact fighting unit armed with the most sophisticated weapons ever seen on a movie screen. The mission to preserve freedom and justice and battle the forces of evil. The good guys always win. Even in the 80s. Megaforce. Really? Yeah. That sounds immaculate. That sounds like something we may watch tonight until yeah. the week's small hours of the morning. Yeah. If uh, it's like right into that, uh, what's that, Kurt Russell, Escape from L.A., a post-apocalyptic, elliptic world. I think I saw it once back in the day. And I remember when I got this album, I was humming the song going, Why? Why does the sound song sound so familiar? I remember my buddy Ben going, "It's the first time we ever heard the song. How could you, how could you have heard it before?" And it was from this movie. Again, the seven oh seven tune is a little different, but it still holds. The film was poorly received by critics, bombed at the box office, and oh, was yeah. nominated for three Golden Raspberry Awards, including Worst Picture. Is there anybody in it that we know? That makes me think. No, I I, I have no idea who any of these actors. Oh, Barry Bostic. Yeah, I don't know. Who yeah, that is. sure. Who is that? Him. He'd been around for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. Who's him? I'll explain it to you later. <laughs> you said, oh yeah, him. I don't know that. So here's what I'll say though. Sometimes knowing this movie came out in 1982, hearing that it was poorly received by the box office and was nominated for Golden Raspberries tells you it's probably a banger. It's probably a it's probably movie. a banger. So Rob, real quick, the little history with Todd. You say he currently plays keyboards for Cheap Trick. I think he does currently at okay. Um, I believe so. So I have their greatest hits are the Silver album. Does the live one? The Does live record. Yeah. Yeah. Todd is on that album. Okay. That's Play. a great album too. That's yeah. a really good album. Yeah. And I've got the DVD of it as well. And cool. a, cu- a couple shots, you could see Todd off okay. to the side of the stage playing, especially during the flame. And sure. uh, there was a couple other ones on there, but yeah, was a big touring uh, keyboard player for cheap trick for many, many years. And I believe currently too, I'd have to double check on that. So as great as calling to you was <laughs> track dolls. I have nothing to say on this one no. that was pre-written for me, written by oh. Ace Freely, lead vocals by Ace Freely. I don't want to give it away, but when the nine comes around, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, what a strange. Now, as we were gearing up to do this episode, probably last month, I was getting real excited knowing we were going to we were going to do this. 
So I listened to the album straight through this week. When I was listening to the album, I skipped track eight. Like I had heard this song enough and with all the action figures that I got around me. And when those kids come in, start singing, my action figures are creeping me out. Cause I'm hearing this, this song. What a, what do we say? What a bad, I really don't know what I'm doing. Crazy song. I'm going to bleep that out, but wow. Just use the one word we use. Go ahead. We, um, so I listened to this in the car <laughs> and Rob, if you want to put a, I'm going to give you a hashtag content moment here. If you need a video clip and you can zoom in, zoom in on my face, what I do right now, because I was listening to this in the car. And when this song came on through about a minute and a half of the song, here is my face. That's my face. So if you're just listening, like a creepy uncle, or if you're I'm listening, not, I'm not quite if sure you're listening, yeah, yeah. you don't know what I just did, but imagine, imagine you were, imagine here, imagine during COVID, which we've all experienced, mm-hmm. imagine it's the height of COVID, it's April of 2020, and you're in a very crowded supermarket and somebody coughs. <laughs> your facial expression and how you felt is how I felt listening to the song. We deemed it when, when I got home and we talked about it, what did we call it? Ace uncle creepy. It's not ace freely. It's ace creepy. Ace creepy. Ace creepy we ace called creepy. it. Uh, the vocals are just bizarre. I, I don't it's, understand. Yeah. It's like a, like, I, I don't know don't if he's understand. trying to be like a, Sir, I, I, like a, yeah. I, or I like, I don't even want to get, even touch on anything oh, else his yeah. doubts it's, satisfy it's very, him i'm like i don't very, i don't understand i don't understand bizarre it's very cringeworthy mm-hmm. and when the kids come in i and like i don't i like pretty much turned it I, off I and was like i away. make mm-hmm. it stop please make it stop it's weird because the album is so great i wish there was some insight like i would <laughs> Which when I met him, I could say like, "Dude, what the heck was up with the dolls?" You know, and he probably, <laughs> He'd like, probably be like, "I don't oh, know." I was ready to talk about dolls. You figures and stuff. figures. You got the figures in your basement. They come to life. You see that movie? Oh no, wait, Toy Story hasn't come out yet. Toy Story is. I was going to say, you see that movie with the Buzz Lightyear? No, 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 no. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. The only anecdotal... I think I even Is said there that anything one. on this to like the only a- thing that I have here. If I dig a little farther, I'll put it in here. But we got your rock, love me right, dolls, stranger in a strange thing, which we haven't got to yet, are the only songs that were recorded previously, performed live by the band's early days that finally made it to the album. So these were 1983 songs. So dolls was a holdover from. 83 84 85 before todd joins the band so this is at the point where i'm like uh todd's delivering the goods here and i like what you're doing ace i would have rather had another todd song and you know i do not want a live version of dolls i don't don't even like hearing 
that it was performed live. I, I don't even want to. I don't even want to know that. I'll tell you this: when you just said, "Here's an anecdotal thing about it," I I was waiting for Ace Freely wrote this song at the Joshua Tree while on LSD. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was waiting to hear. Yeah. But then you didn't say that, which made me still feel weird about the song. I will say this though. It is like perfectly fitting that we go from calling to you to this. Yeah, it's yeah. I, it's like almost beautiful. You, you, you it's almost beautiful that we do this big of a one eighty. You couldn't <laughs> like. I don't even know another album that comes to mind where I think of like a, a song that is so great and, <laughs> and then, then one goes into one baffling. that is that bad. Certainly, there's great songs, and the song coming afterwards might not be like classics but this is just a disaster this is just a weird song that i if i if i had the i'd like to just cut it out i would just like to edit it out of the out of the the album and pretend like it's not there when did chucky come out oh chucky was out in the 80s i think probably early 80s i'm just trying to salvage any you're trying to inkling gremlins maybe i I don't i don't know i don't know what he was going for you know and then and then like i'm thinking like you know or Barbies. Invented. I'm thinking of like dolls too. Like Probably I'm thinking of. Remember the police song? We um, uh, be my girl. What was it? Was it called Sally? The one with Sting. Will you be my girl? And it was about the the blow up doll. He wrote it about yeah. Sting. That's so, an uncomfortable song, but it's not a hard listen because it's it's actually a decent song. Obviously, the lyrical content is cringeworthy, but it's Sting, and it's the police, and it's tongue in cheek, you know? Yeah. It's the guy that's so desperate that he's staying. It's so desperate. He's basically, I have a story he can't, that. he can't meet a real life girl. So story. he's, he's in love with his He's in love with his blow up. Yeah. Doll. But, but, it, I, but I, this is not, this is just borderline. Like, you know, like, I'm not going to tell it, but I have a story about a blow up doll. No, no, we don't want to hear that song. That no, I'm well, it's not yeah. a song. It's a story. I mean, story. All, we don't want to hear second it. Second of all, no, I said, I'm not going to tell it, but I'm just going to let people hear that and go, what is the story? Yeah. And that's how you leave a mark. Yeah. yeah you're right. Podcast yeah. is when sure. you say something and then you never bring it up. Yeah. Again. There you go. Right. So Rob, let's be strangers. <laughs> let's, let's be strangers. strangers. The last yeah. little comment I have for you mentioned Chucky. <laughs> Chucky came out November 9th, 1988. So this even oh, predates Chucky. God. He's a, he's like Nostradamus. He's a prophet. Not he's like Nostradamus. 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 Yeah. So Dolls was a stranger on a strange album. So like Nico just said, let's let's just be strangers in a strange land. Written by Ace Freely and lead vocals by Ace Freely. I dig this one. There is there's a couple Ace compilations after Trouble Walking. I don't know if it's 12 picks or if it's loaded deck, but the album Life Plus One that has the four songs on it was recorded the same night that this was. And has the same intro that you'll hear on the live plus one that uh, they do strangers in a strange land that night too. I like it live better than I like it on the album. Still a, a cool, cool song, but with dolls dolls really sets the end of this album with the exception of the last song. We get into that in just a minute, but going from dolls right to stranger in a strange land, I'm like, all right, Ace. I, I was hoping after dolls, I'm like, all right, we're getting another Todd song. Again, nothing against Ace. I don't know if the last Ace Freely song is great as Rock Soldiers and Breakout and Into the Night and Something Moved are the back half of the album. I don't think finishes as strong as the top part of the album. Stranger to Strange Land is middle of the road. It's very much like Love Me Right. It's kind of like, okay, Ace kind of brought it back, but it doesn't 
reach its crescendo. It's again, I like it live better, but that's my mm-hmm. take on strangers. Can't say it any better than you because you are 100% correct out of the goat, out of the goat, which is calling to you and out of that disaster. It's a cool title. Just looking at it. I'm like, I think this might have a shot here, but it just is an average song to me. Going to listen to the live version because I got a feeling Rob, like you say, I, I tend to like the live version is really good, but mm-hmm. it's not a bad song. It might, suffer quite honestly because it does follow dolls i don't know maybe if it was positioned somewhere else but nothing really special i mean you know good decent decent chorus vocals are vocals are pretty good on it guitar is good it's a good song but it just doesn't pick up anything it's just there see for me it's it's a weird follow to dolls because it's not that great it's not bad I do like the chorus and once again, the, the music and the production, but I will say this to, to kind of give a different perspective. I don't know what's he's so strong vocally at the beginning ACE. I don't know what he's doing on this song. He's doing like goofy, like goofies from Mickey Mouse, right? Yeah. He's doing this weird guttural throat, onset the verses that like i don't i don't understand and then it gets better with like i said the chorus but yeah it's 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 an interesting song i I dig it though i don't dislike it i just it's weird it's like with these last two he went i'm gonna do something creative with these songs and then he did what he thought was creative with these songs and it was like "Eh, Hmm. is todd still I would have been like, is Todd available? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we, Can we make, make this 11 yeah. songs? It's like, Can we throw them in Todd, at the you end got, here? You got one more, Todd, that we can maybe just kind of throw in here a second to the end or whatever. As I'm going to now call him because he put out absolute bangers on this album. Is the Todd father available? Yeah. <laughs> is the Todd not father Todd not Todd McFarlane okay. as a whole. I, I have eight podcasts I could talk about Todd McFarlane. <laughs> You're right. Some positive, some negative <laughs> yeah, for a yeah, variety yeah. of reasons. Yeah. And Rob knows what the negative ones are. Yeah, broken limbs. Broken limbs. Yeah, yeah. Pew, pew, pew. Upside up. Pew, pew, guts. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's not. I, I, I do like the message of the song, and I do like the title. I love how you said, Rob, it's on par with Love is Right. The songs where you go, yeah, it's, it's, I dig it. It's there, but... That's all it is. Song 10, Fractured 2, T-O-O, which is a continuation of his Fractured Mirror from his 1978 solo album. That's why you kept saying Fractured mm-hmm. Mirror. Yes. So I really, getting that 78 solo album and listening, what we'll eventually review that. Oh, yeah. I'll talk to the Carusos off mic about something later. Getting to that last track, I thought, what a really cool way to end the album it's an instrumental piece written by freely and the bass player john reagan who's who's who doesn't get enough credit on this album his bass is is yeah is stellar on this album yep. but for the last two songs being dolls a stranger in a strange land this kind of writes the ship it puts me back into that 78 frame where it's like oh he's continuing on with the theme that he did back in 78 that kramer produced that album as well and brings some new you know themes into it and kind of ends on a nice you know melancholy moment there's not much to say lyrically about it but i love a good instrumental piece and ace and the guys deliver i think a nice 
a nice little bow may not be a great big Christmas bow, but I think it kind of, kind of saves the album and gets you into that little mode of like, huh, I had a good time with this album. So fractured two, what are your guys thoughts on this? Yeah, it's a beautiful piece of music. I would agree with you too. It's funny because I was kind of expecting having not really heard this before that it might be a, a harder, you know, more heavier outro here. And pleasantly surprised at how melodic and and again, just a very, I say it again, a very beautiful piece of music that sounds, I don't want to steal your take. I don't want to be the stiff, but you know, go ahead, finish it. What we said about it. I said, it sounds like it could be in a movie. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like a contract. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like it could be part of like a movie score. It's it's, I do like that. You said the word beautiful. It is. It's a really cool way to end mm-hmm. an album. Like I said, his guitar on it is, is I love that. That you said inspired Rob earlier too. It's mm. very inspired. It's cool. It ends the album in a really, really interesting and almost peaceful way. Yeah. And in the best way possible with just the master of the strings playing the strings. Right. So I really dig this. And this actually does make up for, I'm not, I'm not overly huge on instrumentals when they close albums. I'm not, Mm. it's it's, just sometimes they hit, sometimes they don't, but this one hit and I said, Hey, way to bring me home, way to bring me back to earth after going to space for nine songs, like way to bring me back to earth in a really really satisfying way and you know in a creative way too because it would have been really easy to have some thunderous like i said not to repeat myself but you know just some real head knocking hard solo loud just take you out some kind of space like theme or something to to copy a little bit off rocket ride so i give him credit it's a testament to how creative he is too and, and and really not only him being creative but being smart enough to have the right people with him. Yeah. The great musicians that he's willing to share time with and not be like, I'm Ace Freely. I'm going to sing every song. I'm going to play every guitar solo and I'm going to dominate the album. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my hats off to Ace here. You know, we did the show before this. I only have more respect for him as an artist overall. Forget his, just his guitar playing after listening to this album which is a fine fine piece of work well you know what it's time for guys it's time for the nine welcome to the nine you may only choose nine songs to move forward no more no less the nine is here So this is what we do if you're first time listening to the show. A lot of the classic rock albums and some of the albums in the 70s and 80s artists came in with nine songs. Our Boys Kiss did that on a few albums. So to make it interesting, we will take an album and we will whittle it down to nine. If it's already at nine, we'll come up with something else to do. But this has 10 tracks on it. Guys, let's start with let's go with Nico on this one. What is your nine? I'm, I'm going to say this and you guys could correct me if I'm both. You both can correct me if I'm wrong. That was a weird sentence. <laughs> this might be the quickest nine we've ever done because can I speak forever and say we're all yep. taking miles off. Okay. That, think, okay yeah. That's simple. <laughs> that is the I easiest mean, nine in the world. I mean, it, it, like, it, it's funny because I, I knew that was probably going to be the take, but here's the thing, Rob, we didn't talk to you. So 
I don't know. Maybe you like dolls. I mean, I didn't yeah. think you were knowing no you like I do. You like no, dolls. we know Rob is creepy. You know, <laughs> you know but like I, gross, I, are we? I didn't want to speak for you, but I was like, I'm pretty sure he's not going to like dolls, but I don't know that for sure. So I was like trying in my mind to come up with anything to be like that contrarian. Like, could I, could I throw any? No, I mean, dolls. How about this? Let's make this nine more interesting. And Rob, I'm not taking over here. Just nope. idea. No, go ahead. Because this was the quickest and most in unison we've ever been with a nine. You're looking to go Ocho. If you're a listener, no, but that's a good idea. The Ocho. If, the Ocho. if you're a listener, well, assuming you are. So you, for the listeners out there, if you like dolls, write in or DM <laughs> the show and say why we should leave it on. Sure. I would love to know, and this isn't a cocky thing. I genuinely, if there's someone who loves Dallas, please tell us because I want to meet you. I want to come into your world because <laughs> I need to understand. <laughs> I need to understand. So if you like Dallas and think it should stay on the album, let us know. Do you should DM the show or DM Rob or DM all three of us in a group chat and say, in this essay, I will, why Dallas should stay on the album. That would be super dope. Interesting. But other than that, yeah, dolls is bye-bye. <laughs> so something that we're working on, I haven't put the link up yet. We have a Spotify page of the RBTE songs. So mm-hmm. I haven't discussed this with the Carusers yet. So if I'm going to edit this part out, I will. Do we add the Kiss family member songs to our Right Between the Eyes playlist? Do they get their own separate playlist? So currently we have Rise to It Forever, Take Me, Making Love, King of the Nighttime World, Detroit Rock City, and now we're at Freely's Comet. Do they get their own? Because eventually we would do, you know, Vinnie Vincent, we would do something for Bruce Kulick. We have a Kiss Family Tree, or do we do all of the songs that we pick? I kind of like the idea of separating them. The reason why I, I I like the idea of separating is because at one point we're gonna have so many different eventually, right? We're gonna what? have so many different members of the family tree that like long playlists are great, but one that's ridiculously long, I think is intimidating. So I do like RBT Kiss and then RBT Family Tree. Okay. Um so with yeah, that that's cool. Yeah. With that being said, the RBTE family tree, what is Nick Caruso's pick? off of freely's comet to put on the rbte tree playlist and this will be interesting we can only pick one right we can only pick one so we could all pick the same one there'll be one song on there or uh, there could be two so i may all pick I, the same song and i can i i cannot pick anything other i could there's a couple i could pick but i mean calling to you has to be i want both of our favorites represented so i'm gonna say something moved whoa nice i want i want i want multiple on there so those two all right no i mean we we each get to pick one so that is the one i'm going to pick as well okay cool from this album we're picking calling to you and something moved from and dolls and dolls of course and dolls i love that i i i feel I, I feel great I like about those. I, 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 I feel good about those two. Like those two are like slam dunk. Yes. The base could be made for other ones, but because it's a playlist, we, we want to leave some level of like exclusivity to it. Like the Holy Grailness of it. Right. I'm very comfortable with those two. 
Yeah, and and Ace will get his shot when we do his uh, his solo album. Oh Tom yeah, definitely. Absolutely, I can do it. Tommy Thayer wants to put eight songs on the tour. I only put two songs on the tour on the playlist. I'm not putting any Tommy Thayer songs. I'm putting two Todd Howard songs on here. Two Todd Howard songs playlist. You can, if you want Tommy Thayer songs on the playlist, you can make your own playlist. And then give me coffee. He doesn't have any. He's got some on that monster album. He plays my solos and tries his hardest. Well, folks, that is going to wrap it up. And we released this the day after the 35th anniversary release of this album. 35 years ago, 1987, this album was released. And I think this is one of my going to be one of my new favorite things when we do a Kiss Family Tree episode of getting a chance, like music that I have continued to listen to this whole entire time to hear what you guys might think about it. So I was a little... I was a little nervous of like, is this segment going to work for you guys? You're going to be like, mm-hmm. eh, I don't know. We just stick Swimming, with Kiss. Flying so colors. This is this was a lot of fun and an album yeah. that I've had a blast with forever. It's one I constantly go back to as I'm getting into a closing thoughts here. Um, I have such love for this album, but second sighting as much as I love this album. I love the second album even more than this one. Oh, so I can't one day we'll that. get to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that's my closing thoughts. I dig the album and knowing where Ace landed on his feet and knowing that Kiss was right in Crazy Nights at this time, I you kind of go, I like a lot of that's on Crazy Nights, but for the friction that was with Paul and Gene and Ace at the time, you kind of go, Ace kind of released a banger of an album at the time i think it just got lost on the record label and kiss is always gonna sell and you go well are ace and peter only relevant when they're in kiss i think this album stands and goes no ace holds himself very well and i think each album he progresses himself more and more as a as a force to be reckoned with so nick final thoughts for freely's comet Freely's comment was like a it was like me going to the store and buying a brand new album I couldn't have been happier with the listening experience and I, I you know arguably got like four or five tracks off this album that will that will remain with me I'm so thankful for our friendship and the show because it gave me a new album mm-hmm. like I said at the top like I'm, I'm going to keep this in rotation forever and I'm going to go back to these songs forever so it was cool to uh, it's very rare I feel like now with these groups you know as a lot of the bands I like are still trying to come out we like are still trying to come out with new albums and, and, and there's a few gems here and there it was mm-hmm. cool to like my dad said new old music to go back and let's do an album where pretty much predominantly a majority of it is awesome and this was a lot of fun and um i've always respected ace freely but this made my respect for him i think skyrocket to a level where he's if i had to rank my level of respect for the core four guys he he might even crack top two i don't know And there's reasons what I mean first. I'll get into that in a whole different show yeah. and conversation. Yeah, I, 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 I'm with What you I mean that. in yeah. terms of like respect, like I don't yeah. mean them necessarily just as a person. I mean, as a person, musically, mm-hmm. career, 
creative choices, X, Y, Z. Wow. Did Ace Freely in my mind massively shoot up. And then you throw in the really great story that, that my dad mm-hmm. has with them. And I go, huh, glad to know he put this thing out because it was pretty damn special. Awesome. This has been, like I said, this was a blast to do. So that's wrapping up the month of April and coming up the month of May, we have another anniversary album. And I was trying to go, oh, I don't want to burn through all these albums, but there's another one. If you're a Kiss fan, you know what's happening in the month of May. Absolutely. And we've got a couple of things coming down the pipe. But while we're trying to figure out the month of May, guys, where can the uh, listeners get a hold of you? If they want to invite you to their house to show you their dolls. Yeah. But, well, uh, yeah, that's uh, another story. Maybe, but maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we don't want to do that. Um, I'd be interested. It would be very interesting. Please follow me at N Caruso Jr. on Twitter. I love to interact with people, love to talk about music. Obviously, our other show we do is The Vigilante 1939. I do it again with my son here to my left, Nico, and our good friend Nick Zednick. And on that show, it is very superhero heavy. We talk DC Comics, Marvel Comics, the movies, the shows, the soundtracks, everything that is cool. It's real life superheroes and Kiss were, I think, coincide with that. Amen. Amen. You can follow me everywhere at Nico Caruso. That's N-I-K-K-O-C-A-R-U-S-O, Twitter, Instagram, Letterbox, and TikTok. I do movie reviews on TikTok. I have like a comedy video or two in there too, if you like laughing, if you like content as well. I'm always down to talk. I love talking on Twitter, both in public and DMs as well. It's how I met a lot of people. It's how I meet a lot of good friends on there. So come listen to me tell you why I Stole Your Love is the greatest kiss song of all time. And then convince me why Dolls is the greatest ace freely song of all time. (laughs) I have issued that challenge. If you, if you are able to convince me, maybe I'll send you some. I don't well, I know what, but something. Well, I think you'll probably get more of us people going, yeah, you're right. I don't like that song either. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, you can follow me at DrummerRob10 on Twitter and then follow my other show about Tim Drake, who is Robin for Batman called Robin Everyone Loves the Drake at ELTD Podcast. I do a show with three good friends, Terrence O'Neill, Ryan Haas, and newly added Jay Yaws. So on the behalf of the Carusos, I'm Rob, and we're leaving the KISS family tree and going back to the KISS army for our next episode. We will see you guys in a few weeks. Take care and continue to love it loud. You've been listening to Right Between the Eyes, a KISS podcast. All music and sound clips belong to their respected copyright holders. No infringement is intended in any way by this show. It's used to enhance your listening pleasure and to make the show come more alive. So if Gene could not send his lawyers, that would be amazing. You can get a hold of us a few different ways. We are on Twitter at RBTE Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash right between the eyes podcast. We are also on Instagram and YouTube as well. You can also email into the show and we will read all emails and this will allow you to participate in the discussion. You can do so at rightbetweentheeyes at gmail.com. Get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode and hear why Kiss is still the hottest band in the world and why they still hit us right between the eyes. See you in a few weeks, Kiss family.